25 years in, yeah. it's still in the same place that it was. Yeah. It's not like, I mean, if you're hoping to beat the NFL and the NBA, good luck. <laughs> Thank you for downloading and listening to the West Box Score. We take a look at sports on the west side of the country, inside and outside of the box score. I'm Alex Gonzalez. Here to do that with me is my co-host, my co-pilot, my co-captain, the Pudge Rodriguez to my Yadier Molina, Donald Paz. What's up, Donald? Yo, what's going on, Alex? I'm good. I'm pumped, man. Here to hang out again with you and, of course, the elite sports podcast guest of all time from the Fox Crate podcast. It's, of course, Sonny and Mano. What's up, Sonny? What's up, boys? Dude, ah, excited to get started here. But before we do, I need to ask you to please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WestBoxScore. Also, subscribe, rate, review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts downloaded. So, guys, we're recording fresh off the Lakers' big game four win. Uh, we're pumped, but before we get into the game four stuff, we got to recap a little bit of game two, which I think the Lakers, in my opinion, look strong, but not dominant. I think there was one tweet on Laker Twitter there saying there's only a 10-point lead at one point. It's like, what's going on? It's like, <laughs> it's like yeah. they should be dominating after what happened in game one. And then yeah. in game three, the gentleman sweep, as uh, uh, Sonny likes to refer to it, where they give away one game. I think Jimmy Butler went all Super Saiyan on there and took the Miami Heat on his back, dude, and went crazy. What were your takeaways from game two and three? Sonny, I'll start with you. Uh, well, game two, for those that might remember, was the first game where we didn't have to worry about Bam Adebayo or Goran Dragic. Um, so I think the expectation was like, oh, that's a wrap. About to bust out the brooms. You know, nice knowing you, Heat. Thanks for participating, et cetera, et cetera. And the game, I mean, t- t- to the tweet's point that you just referenced, I felt like it, it was closer than it should have been given those circumstances. Absolutely. Um, and yet, it never felt like it was in threat either. So it was a weird game too. Uh, but the Lakers took care of business, which was was great game three on the other hand props (laughs) props to mr jimmy butler man who said get on my back i will take you home and he said they're in trouble they're in trouble (laughs) so um yeah yeah man i mean to me i wasn't it wasn't one of those moments i mean yes of course you as a as a fan you feel like you feel a bit disappointed because you always expect your team when they're the favorite to win, you know, sometimes even when they're not the favorite, you expect them to win. That's just being (laughs) an irrational fan. But um, in that situation, it was like, okay, we've, we've seen this Laker team take a little bit of a, of a, you know, punch, but we know they have a chin and it was going to be, all right, how do you bounce back in game four? Is it, is it more of the same, that you've demonstrated throughout this bubble playoffs where it's like you take that punch and then you come back and you deliver the one, two knockout. Um, and tonight luckily was the one, hopefully Friday comes the two. <laughs> yeah. And- I love the analogy of the chin, taking a, taking it on the chin and fighting back. That's, uh, That's right. When the LA Kings were uh, doing their thing back in their Stanley cup, Stanley cup runs, it was hashtag grit, finding out a way to, to, grit out games and getting down, but not getting out. Uh, Donna, what were your takeaways from games two and three? Um, 
Yeah, no, same. Similar to Sunny, um, I think that game two was the game where you felt the heat. We're going to figure out, like, how do we look without Bam and without Dragic? And as expected, I, I mean, everyone expected the Lakers to win that one. And the minute the news broke, which I think was, an, like, I think, I think hours before game two, where they let let everyone know, hey, these two guys are out. So I felt like the Lakers were going to just play their game and do their thing. And then... um the Heat were going to try to figure out like what rotation is going to work best against this Laker team without Bam and Dragic. So obviously the game was a little easier for the Lakers and they definitely took care of business. And then, um, you know, game three was just, it was insane. Um, I did say that the Heat were going to drop, I mean, not the Heat, that the Lakers were going to drop one. Um, so when game three happened and just seeing the amount of turnovers, it just felt from the get-go that it wasn't meant for the Lakers to win it. And, you know, it, it was crazy to see that uh, the Heat look like the Heat that we always knew they were going to be coming into the series. Um, and then today's game was just exactly kind of what I think I was predicting was going to happen from the beginning of the series. So it's insane, but I'm I'm thinking that both teams look comfortable. But game three, mm -hmm. definitely, like you guys said already, man, Jimmy Butler took care of business. Mm -hmm. I am, I am, I was wondering whether Jimmy Butler was going to be able to keep that momentum going for the rest of the series. So that's, yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, it's this my, uh, Miami Heat team doesn't go away, which, which is fun. To, as a fan to watch the game, but also nerve-wracking as a fan to watch the game because you obviously want your team to win, but you don't want them to uh, worry you that they're going to blow <laughs> the lead at some point, which is so worrisome about this really good Miami team. It's which, uh, uh, for me, in the first half of Game 4 here now, um, it just was very sloppy uh, in that first half and I really get upset with the with the Lakers uh shot selection always having to just you know shoot up from the from the three like try to get inside but that Miami that Miami defense really plays that zone really well where they can't get the Lakers have a hard time penetrating it so they have to settle for the three-point shot and the fourth quarter man uh, uh just turned it on all Lakers, I think, only giving up uh, two fouls at one point uh, throughout the whole fourth quarter. I think it yeah. was. might have been two or three, yeah. but yeah. that's the way you win games. And, and they they minimize the turnovers. A lot of turnovers there in the first half, too, for the Lakers. And that yeah. spelled disaster for them in game three. So I, it looks like they're riding the ship a little bit in this fourth game four. Uh, what do you see uh, from game four here, uh, Sonny? Yeah, it, it started off very sloppy, um, which was disappointing to see because clearly part of the recipe for our uh, loss in Game 3 was besides Jimmy Butler going off like he did was our contribution on the turnover side. Right. Um, and to see that kind of continue from the jump in Game 4 was maddening, um, especially because it was LeBron who was still turning the ball over early in yeah. this game. yeah. Um, now, mind you, again, this is kind of like, this is kind of what you get, man, when you have <laughs> LeBron as essentially your de facto point guard, um, yeah. because he's not a true point guard, but of course he has the cerebralness to kind of play the position, yeah. but he's not a point guard. So he's prone to kind of some more turnovers than your, in your traditional 
point guard. Yeah. Um, but I thought the team recovered nicely in the second half from from those early mistakes. Um, specifically LeBron, I think he ended up with something like six turnovers, and it felt like he had all six of them in the first half. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, he, he got better he, on it second half for sure. Yeah, he definitely cleaned it up, man. Um, props to KCP. Yeah, for showing mm-hmm. up in this game of all, you know, the 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 now three years that we've had KCP on our <laughs> roster, yeah. um, I felt like finally this game was the game that we can point to. And be like, okay, that's why you kept the KCP. Obviously, aside from the fact that we needed to keep KCP to get LeBron and appease LeBron, and then ultimately get AD. You know, they're all being yeah. clutch, all clutch agents. I get that side <laughs> of it, but. Yeah, but at least from the performance on the court, he finally uh, proved himself or, or or made himself worthy, if you will, of the purple and gold by delivering yeah. what he did today, and especially down the stretch, because the Lakers' three point shooting in that fourth quarter was ice cold, as ice cold as the seltzer that Donald is drinking right now. <laughs> you know, it was, yeah. um, and. Uh, and KCP got a shot by a LeBron assist in rhythm, I think with like yeah. three minutes to go. Splashed it. I think it got a bang from uh, mm-hmm. from Mike yeah. Green. <laughs> yeah. And then um, and then he had a nice drive to the layup with the shot clock running down. You know, oh, that, yeah, that kind yeah. of uh, not iced the game, but kind of gave us a little bit of separation. So all yeah. in all, props to KCP. Um, outside of that, I thought this really was a team win. I really loved the defense that the Lakers played in the clutch. Like they, they showed they were the superior defensive team, Miami being what they've been, but even Miami doesn't have the defense when, when the Lakers play in unison, they don't have the defense that the, that the Lakers have. And they showed that tonight. So hopefully we wrap this thing up, man. But, uh, but I'm curious to see what, uh, Donald's thoughts were on tonight's game. Yeah, man. Um, I just felt that same way too. Um, I for me the game. I think I don't know. I think like I said earlier. I think this game, game four, was what I had ho- hoped the series would be from the beginning because I do love the back and forth. I love when two teams that are in the finals actually go at it as if they're both the best. You know, I don't like seeing the blowouts. Um, and you know, even though I'm very happy with the Lakers win. Um, you know, it, it was interesting and it was pretty cool to see Miami kind of be in there. And I, I kind of similar to the Nuggets series, I never felt comfortable, even with the Lakers having a, a one point lead, a two point lead or three point lead, or even down the stretch in the fourth quarter when they were up like, I think, seven points before the timeout was called. And then um, Miami trying to figure out what they could do to I think there was like two and a half minutes left in the game. And the Lakers were up by seven. So even with that much separation, I just felt like, oh my gosh, like you can't sleep on this Miami team because Hero could just go off on a three and then you just wait for the Lakers to make a mistake and then give, you know, uh, Duncan Robinson or Hero the ball again for another three and now you're down or you're tied. So um, those nerves definitely were here. And I thought, I think that for sure, I I don't know, to me, I felt like both teams felt really comfortable with each other. Like, I, I almost saw that both of them weren't scared of each other. And credit to the Lakers' defense, they definitely did a good job of getting the Heat to turn the ball over. A lot of it was mostly just letting the Heat shoot and miss the shots and getting those mm-hmm. rebounds, which was really key. Um, but, you know, at the same time, on the other end, I did see that the Heat were also bringing it to the Lakers and not letting them get the boards or anything. Like, they had, they they were like, 
letting the Lakers shoot from the outside. He's like, we'll take our chances with you guys shooting three-pointers and hopefully you'll miss them. And, you know, some of them did get, did get missed and whatnot. But, you know, the ones that came through definitely helped. Markeith Morris had a good run. I think he was a big help. Outside of KCP, I would say Morris with those three-pointers and then that rebound. That one uh, play where they were running down the 24-second clock and you could tell they didn't know what they were doing. And then Markeith <laughs> forced like a foul yeah. on, uh, was it Kalinic? And um, that was a smart play. I was like, "Oh shoot, what were they gonna do?" And he he kind of pulled that out. Like it almost felt like a like a like a spy or something trying to come <laughs> up with a win. It's insane, but yeah, man, credit to the Lakers. I'm really excited. I'm I'm hoping for a good uh, closeout game on Friday, and uh, hopefully that I hope it's just as contentious and that like they really win it because like they earned it. You know? Oh yeah. Well, this game five should be interesting in this closeout game. The, the extra day of rest, I feel like, is going to help a slightly older, uh, slightly older LeBron. And hopefully, now we're going to see some sharper shooting from both teams now because of the extra day of rest. They'll have stronger legs underneath them. Hopefully, what more rested. And I don't think that strategy of letting the Heat kind of miss those shots may not pay pan out as well so as much as we're hoping for uh the closeout game on friday i'm still a little worried this miami team is not going away easily i mean you guys said it was gonna be you guys both called this so this is both of your faults said to look out (laughs) for this miami team so i'm blaming you guys because i'm looking i'm watching this miami team and i am more scared of them than any of the teams that they've played so far more worried than more than houston more than denver i mean this team in miami is legit what's up sonny I told you, though, Lakers in five before we got started. So you shouldn't be worried, man. Everything's right. going. If you stick to the script and you keep reading my book, it'll tell you. Oh, OK. Sonny said he was going to be over five. Don't worry. He said the heat will be here, but don't worry. What am I thinking going against the elite sports podcast guest of all time? What am I thinking? You're exactly. totally right. So hopefully the Lakers do wrap it up on Friday. Uh, be sure to check it out, ABC, as you're listening to this episode. And hopefully we'll have another super secret bonus episode for you guys after that one's over. So moving on now, uh, we got baseball. We got baseball going on too, man. An embarrassment of riches here. We got the NBA Finals. We got game one of the NLDS going on right now between the Los Angeles Dodgers and uh, Slam Diego Padres. Right, Sonny? Is that what yeah, they call it? That's that- right. Slam Diego. <laughs> not, a, not a lot of slamming happening. <laughs> no, so. no. Not, right now, not right now. What's the score right now, Donald? It's 2-1. Dodgers, Dodgers oh. just took the lead on a sack fly, actually. They were getting no hit into the sixth inning here. I love the way MLB at bat had the no hit banner go up uh, for, for this game. And of course, as soon as that happens, there it goes. No hitter gone. Uh, they scored on an error in the in the previous inning. So that's how the no hitter was still intact. There was like six different uh, Padres pitchers who were combining for that no hitter at one point. So that's interesting to see. It's postseason baseball, but to get here the Dodgers took care of the Brewers in a two-game sweep in the wild card round yeah because that's normal the first ever wild card (laughs) round two-game sweep so Mueller uh still getting to his form he only threw four innings you know uh gave up two earned it was a two-run uh home run that he gave up he threw eight strikeouts which is pretty good right how did that do for your uh fantasy league there Sonny oh man unfortunately fantasy is over, so it's over, it does. Right? Okay. It did nothing for my fantasy squad. <laughs> too little, too late. I wish Bueller would have done more of that during the regular season, but uh, but no, it was it was a good performance. Dodgers just went up three one. By the way, 
Nice. Three to one. Yep. Here we go. They're going to hopefully run away with it. And also, game two was all Kershaw Day, by the way, in that Milwaukee Brewers series. Oh, yeah. Eight, that was a good performance. Eight innings, three hits yeah. only, one walk, and 13 strikeouts, dude. And But it was a pitcher's duel because uh, the Brewer starter, Brandon uh, Woodruff, had nine Ks. It looked good. Uh, really, it was in. I've got to admit, I was a little worried because that always worries me in the postseason with the Dodgers bats going a little cold, especially in a pitcher's duel. And like, that's always scary. But um, yeah. Mookie Betts had a uh, two run RBI double. So, uh, that that's always good to see Mookie Betts do stuff than in the postseason for us Dodgers. So, yeah. um, what do you think the Dodgers need to do to get a positive outcome in this series, Donald? I mean, obviously, San Diego has really strong hitting, which is why they're called Slam Diego. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, their pitching's pretty decent, too. Like their pitching can get them through, you know, obviously, as we're seeing right now during the game, we're taping this while the game is happening in the NLDS game one. Um, you know, the Dodgers are barely, I mean, not that they're barely scoring in the sixth inning, but it's just like you could tell it's a contentious thing to get them yeah. going. So, I mean, I think for the most part, it's definitely going to be more of a pitching game for the Dodgers. Like the pitching has to be on point. Bueller really wasn't the best today, which I think is just a testament to the overall season he's had. Um, luckily, um, this isn't like a bigger stakes game. You know, this isn't like a World <laughs> Series or, you know, or even the NLCS where you're playing you know, a team that is more worthy of being there and that can probably uh, get you on your mistakes. So um, luckily, like, uh, it's not like that, but hopefully he gets into rhythm or, or figures out something because there's not going to be a lot of games left for him to figure it out. Um, but like you said earlier with Kershaw, I mean, he did look good in that playoff game. So I don't know if it's because now Bueller's the guy that starts the first game that maybe he has like a little bit of a, oh, shoot okay this guy's still gonna be the one that takes over um even though i kind of have, have a hard time believing that you know kershaw's like a nice guy <laughs> like he's a christian man so you know he's just you know he's a man of faith he's like oh, i just i love being here you know so and he makes a lot of money too, what are we so. watching angels in the outfield here what's going on <laughs> <laughs> so um but it was just insane seeing uh, kershaw do that man i don't think we've seen kershaw be that good in a while so it was really shocking to see it happen, but uh, hopefully he brings it to San Diego like that. So I don't think I I've mean, seen that's... him pitch pitch that well in the postseason almost ever at some point. But he, he did. has. It was his like sixth uh, time uh, double digit strikeout game. So it's not like it's unheard of, but it was just a dominating performance yeah. that we're yeah. not necessarily used to with Kershaw in in. Uh, October? This is October, right? It doesn't feel right yeah. that this is October baseball, considering the fact that they played the shortened season and now they're in bubbles. So it is yeah. October baseball after all. Sonny, uh, you're following this series, I'm sure. What are you uh what are you Absolutely. looking for in this Padres Dodgers series? Um, you know, I wish I wish the Padres were at full strength. And I say that uh Mike Clevenger did start today, their ace. He did technically start, but he was pulled. I think three innings into the game, or maybe maybe two innings in the second inning. I, I don't remember, but um, he wasn't projected to actually be healthy, so it was a surprise when I think this morning they announced that he was going to make the game one start. Um, it's a shame because I feel like all things being equal, if the if the Padres had not only Clevenger healthy but also Timothy Lamette, their who I would argue is their real ace. Um, I guess to TBD to see if he um makes the start for game two. I, I doubt it as of right now, but um, yeah, I feel like this would be a more interesting series. So because of 
that, the fact that the Padres don't aren't as deep in their rotation um, or as healthy, I, I I don't see the Dodgers losing this series at all. You know, not that I and I didn't. It's not necessarily that I saw the Dodgers losing the series when they were both healthy. Healthy. I just thought it was going to be closer, more interesting mm. if they were healthy. Um, I think since the Padres are not healthy and and their bullpen was stretched. I mean, they played a three game series against the Cardinals, hard fought. I think their game three series clincher was a bullpen game. So mm. the other weird thing about this bubble is there's no, you know, yeah, they had two days off between games here, but for the whole divisional round, there's no days off. Yeah. So yeah. they're playing from now until at least uh, Saturday, if it goes that far. Um, yeah. And that's just going to be taxing for both bullpens, but obviously like you guys had had mentioned the Dodgers didn't really have to tap into their bullpen during the first round series because of the dominance of Kershaw in game two especially whereas the Padres it seems like it's been a bullpen game for the last you know x amount of games already so I think all those things considered I like the Dodgers to win this series um, and advance to NLCS and if Kershaw pitches the way he did in the first round we'll see we'll see tomorrow um, how he pitches against San Diego. I mean, it is it is a very potent offense, so that's the only reason why you can't count out San Diego. Exactly. Um, yeah. But you guys are the favorite, and you you should win. You know, the Dodgers should should take care of business here in advance. But there, I'll, I'll say this much: the the Dodgers are going to earn it, man. They're going to have to earn this World Series because the teams that are left that it's looking like will still be there. I mean, once they get through this Padres team. That Braves team, assuming that Marlins magic runs out, that Braves team is is ready, man. They're hungry. I yeah. mean, to me, they're the they're the best offense in the league. Um, yeah. even more dangerous and potent than this Padres lineup. You know, not that the yeah. Dodgers' lineup is a slouch, but if we're comparing the offenses, the uh the Braves have more firepower. The the Dodgers, what's gonna get them there is they're the most balanced team. Um, both both from a pitching standpoint and an offense standpoint, so um, we'll see, man. But I, but I'm loving, I'm loving having baseball <laughs> playoffs, despite another year that my Mariners are participating. <laughs> you always got to work in the Mariners, no yep. matter what, Sonny. I appreciate yep. that, dude. I really do. And I don't know what it is about my. This shows you my fandom between the the Dodgers versus the Lakers that uh, Donald, you mentioned, this is only a, not an, not an, as an important game because it's the NLDS. It's like for me, like. Every playoff game the Dodgers play matters, even though it's the DS. It, when the when the Lakers, but when the Lakers play like a first round matchup, I kind of half pay attention because I assume they're gonna get the Lakers will get past that first round. With the Dodgers, yeah. like I don't know if it's a given they'll get through the NLDS, even yeah. though they, you know, like look at what happened uh, last year against the Nationals. So yeah, and like looking ahead, uh, Sonny, as you mentioned, the Bra- uh the Braves. I don't want to look past San Diego because I know they're gonna be tough, even though I hope uh, I. Like you, I expect the Dodgers to win, but I'm also not putting the cart before the horse here. But the Braves gave the Dodgers a tough time even though in 2008, uh, even though that was a 3-1 series win. The, the Braves looked strong, and they're and two years older now, more experienced. That Braves team could give us a lot of troubles in the NLCS. As much as the Dodgers are favored to win this World Series, uh, I'm still so Alex. I think, I think that's every called, single game. I think that's called trauma, dude. Exactly. <laughs> I think the reason why you, I think the reason why you have a hard time, you know, thinking your team's going to win is because the last few years they've gotten you 
that close. Exactly. I'm still <laughs> yeah. not over 2017 World Series. Oh, I'm still not God. over it. Hey, hashtag... you know what? I will say this. There's a chance. There's a <laughs> oh! chance that we get the rematch. Rematch. There's a chance. I and I and I'd say I... everybody, with exception of maybe some Angels fans that I know, um, will be pulling for the Dodgers in that scenario. <laughs> I know I, I know I will. I know oh I'll be God. pulling for the Dodgers. Are there actual Angels fans that would root for the Astros in I, that I, series? I, I want to say yes, just because of oh the rivalry you guys you guys have built up, up over the last decade or so. Um, hmm. I mean, come on, it's like it's like asking if if Galaxy fans would would root against LAFC if we were playing against San Jose, you know, somehow. But, and it's it, like that's. A- that's a bit of a weird one to me because I'm trying to think like, what if it was the Astros versus the Giants, right, in the World Series? Ooh, that because that one would be tough. That one I may go against the the, the Giants and actually have to root for the Astros. But the Dodgers and Angels don't have that same intense divisional rivalry, though. Well, uh, let me correct this. Way. Let me correct this. Then you're right. I for, I completely omitted Giants fans being in the corner yeah, for Astro, right. for the Astros in that scenario. But I do think Angels fans disdain for Dodger for Dodger fans um, is real to the point the where I think they would. Inferiority complex is there. Uh, <laughs> possible, man. It's possible. I've 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 only experienced it through some of my inner circles because I have some buddies who are Angels fans and a lot of buddies who are Dodgers fans and I like to just you know eat my popcorn when they get when they, you know when they're like getting into the discussions and it's like man it gets it gets pretty heated. So um, yeah, oh that's always the best, man. I yeah. love that. How disrespectful is it that they uh, made the Astros play at Dodger Stadium? Oh, I, I love that wrinkle, by the way. The fact that the fact that uh, Springer and Correa have been going bombs over Baghdad right now at Dodger Stadium, like if it was 2017. Oh, you <laughs> son of a! I hate that. I've been watching their games just cause, cause I think it's just so whack that they're playing there. But uh, it's crazy, man. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't expecting that to be like terrible in the playoffs. I feel like their postseason experience is definitely showing. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. So. And I was rooting so hard for the Oakland A's, man. I like an Oakland A's team, dude. They, they, uh, yeah. They're fun to watch. It's not and over yet. At- they're down 2-0, but it's not, you know, they, they just got to win three in a row. <laughs> just do that. Just go out there with you in a row. Like, like I mean, how many says, sweeps do we see in baseball happen during the regular season? They happen. Well, that's very fair. So, that's very fair. You know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, be- so uh, just a update on the Dodgers Padres game. Top of the seventh now, five one Dodgers. Loving this. Blew it open. Blew it yeah. open. Loving this, but that's still a grand slam. All tying. right. I will <laughs> say this. Runs. I will say this. I hope. I hope that Dave Roberts learns his lesson and does not just throw out Canley Jensen out there with a four run lead just to give Canley some pitches or some reps. That is a mistake that this manager yes. has made one too You're many right. times. And uh, I hope for your guys' sake, he doesn't just give the Padres free looks at Canley Jansen <laughs> in a game that, that he doesn't probably even have to pitch in. So You're we'll right. See. And they are divisional rivals. So they see them 
often enough, but especially in the postseason, you don't want to refresh their memories. So exactly. I agree with you. Keep them off the mound right now. Yeah. Um, but they are only a, a grand slam away from tying the game, so that's, that's always true. worrisome. They, 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 always they did have the bases <laughs> loaded earlier. How, how nervous were you when that went? Very, <laughs> very yeah. nervous. Yeah. Uh, I had the text ready. ready. It was typed and everything. <laughs> I had it ready. I was just waiting, and I was like, oh, I knew, I knew Diego. <laughs> knew you did Ron Burgundy we hate you uh, <laughs> moving on now uh, the NFL week what? what what is that week four now what week what we're, we're year heading to week we five we're heading to week five, five. Uh, week five yeah Man, so uh, the Rams got an ugly win over the New York football Giants, 17-9. to A really tough one to watch offensively. <laughs> Not a lot of anything going on. Goff only threw for 200 yards. Uh, he threw a touchdown, uh, at least, and Cooper. it was the Cooper Cup. Uh, balanced running game by Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson there. Uh, they split it pretty good, nine and eight yard, eight, eight, nine and eight carries each, respectively. Um Man, I don't know this this Rams offense. The genius McVeigh sometimes worries me in games like this that should be blowouts. Sonny, you said this was gonna, this should have been a blowout win, and you said if the Rams didn't handily beat the Giants, you would be worried. I'm worried because they should have beat them by a, a whole lot more. Um, yeah, I I was not uh, not an excited Rams fan watching this game, but uh, wins they a win. They got the man. W. They got the W. It's gonna look yeah. like it's gonna look like a blowout in the win column, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Donald, how did your uh, LA Chargers look? Uh, well, my LA Chargers did lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, thirty-one to thirty-eight. Overall, though, I I can't be too mad. I mean, I haven't been mad at most of the losses. Um, it is kind of it it is sad though, looking at this one and three record, given that the one is based off a missed field goal. <laughs> So it's just like we're really just zero and four. Dude, that but... was a blowout win, dude. No, that one was a blowout win. So, so it's just interesting. I think the fun part about this team is just seeing Justin Herbert do his thing, man. Um, it it just makes you feel excited for the future, as far as quarterback goes. Um, he did pretty good, you know. He he threw for twenty five. He threw he threw twenty five times and uh, completed twenty of those. So he only missed five throws wow. um, for two hundred ninety yards, three touchdowns, um, only one interception, which was the last. It was the last series, um, which I I know they were trying to rush to see if they can get. The thing is, down thirty one to thirty eight. They the only thing they could have done is just tie it, you know, um, or at least or maybe a touchdown go for two and win it by one. But you know. Um, it needed to be like the perfect series happening, but the, the interception ended it. So that was pretty much it. Um, the crazy part too is that like they were up 24 to seven at the half. So they were up by by a good chunk and then um, didn't really respond to anything in the second half. Like it wasn't much. It was a touchdown, I think, and a field goal. But uh, it, I mean, at the same time too, looking at the game, I was, I was thinking – Okay, coming back at second half, not Namakin Sue was a huge factor. It's like all of a sudden he just turned on a switch and started realizing he needed to do something to make sure that the defense was just gonna stop this guy from doing what you know, from Justin Herbert being able to do what he does. Austin Eckler got hurt. So that go there goes our like our starter. I think he's out for like four to six weeks. So I guess we're really by committee now on the running back, like un- like officially. Um, but uh 
you know, Nama can sue. The defense just really held Justin Herbert. And, you know, I think they just saw it as like, we're not going to let Tom Brady lose to a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I think that was what happened because Tom Brady looked good. Five touchdowns. I mean, you know, everyone was threw, like, oh, the GOAT status, all nah, that stuff. Nah. You know, which, he threw, he threw an ugly pick six there at oh, one yeah, point. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. made the touchdown on the pick six. Yeah, that that, a, that, he did dope, not but. look like Tom. I mean, he's lucky to have gotten away with that W, man. Yeah, yeah, for real. Um, I felt that, yeah, and, and at the same time, too, because it happened so early, I mean, it's, it, it it hurts more when those pick six happen in late in the game, and that's like the end of the game. But uh, I guess they they figured out. Well, we only we were only down so much, and they came back and they won it. And uh, I don't know. I feel like this might be might be Anthony Lynn's last season, though. I feel with this new mm-hmm. quarterback, they realize they need to get a, a coach that uh, can kind of work with him a little bit better. I love Anthony Lynn. He great great speeches, very motivational guy. But I feel like. He, there's a bit of a lack in his end with the offense. And I mean, he's a running back guy, so he he loves running backs. So I don't know. I don't know how, how good he is with quarterbacks. I, I guess I didn't see it with Phillip Rivers because he was already old and I kind of wanted Rivers out. But <laughs> now I'm seeing it with Herbert. Well, I'm like, wow, you really are still playing really conservative with him. You're There's this weird thing about the way they do the play calling that doesn't fit right, I think, for the kind of quarterback you're getting right now. So, yeah. Yeah. It's too bad. Sonny, how about your San Francisco 49ers? How'd they look? Ah, man, they uh, they dropped a tough one, one that, frankly, they shouldn't have dropped to the Eagles, the Eagles on uh, <laughs> Sunday night football. Uh, they were winning, I want to say most of the game, they were, they were, they were in command. And then just at the end, man, uh, Nick Mullins, our backup quarterback to Jimmy Garoppolo, threw some atrocious atrocious interceptions <laughs> and uh oh, needless to say there is no quarterback controversy in san francisco we all can't wait for jimmy g to come back <laughs> and steer the ship uh jimmy being what he is he may not be amongst the league's elite but he absolutely is somebody who can command kyle shanahan's offense um again i chalked up jimmy g's first week one loss to the cardinals mostly to rust and the the lack of preseason because it seemed like some of his timing was off with the receivers um but man it was a it was i feel like a missed opportunity because like i said last on the last episode of the west box score our schedule and i think you guys have since verified this yes is crazy difficult coming up for the next basically the next two and a half months of football man it's uh yeah so we need to collect all the dubs we can get you know assuming we're gonna drop a couple in there and that our team is still banged up even though we're starting to get some pieces back here and there um so yeah it was a tough sunday night loss but we move on next to uh to play the one in three dolphins on uh this coming sunday so that's that's got to be a w i don't know if jimmy g is going to come back yet for that game they haven't announced it yet i think that they're, they're uh he's going to be a game time decision but yeah we we need that w especially because we play the rams Ooh, the, I, following, I saw that. the following the following week man and honestly like i'm licking my chops because i think the rams are there to be had right now even with all our injuries so but we need we need to get that for our psyche for the team psyche. We need to get back in that win column real quick, take care of business, and then go into that Ram showdown. It's like okay, let's see let's see how we stack up. So I mean, I'm always worried uh, going up against the 49ers. They always have a pretty good team, and they always play strong against the Rams. Obviously, division rival. Division rival. But after 
after seeing the the Rams' performance this past week against the Giants, I'm a little bit more nervous. <laughs> hey, let the record state, though. You also are always worried about the 49ers, and you respect the 49ers because you are a 49er fan at heart. Right? I'm not a 49er fan at heart. <laughs> right? Wait, explain. That, Let's left, talk left. about your past. Lucy, I, Lucy, <laughs> you have some explaining to do. <laughs> a lifetime ago, pre-COVID, a lifetime ago. <laughs> you have some explaining to do to the audience, this was early, Alex. I've told you, this was early on before <laughs> L.A. had a football team. When I was getting into football, L.A. had just lost the Rams and the Raiders. So I uh, de facto went to the 49ers. Because at de the facto? Time, what was so de yeah, facto about it? There were so many other teams you could have gone California. to. There was the Chargers the Raiders, down there in San Diego. The Oakland Raiders? Yeah, but uh, okay, look at Oakland Raiders a little bit. I still do like watch to see what the Raiders are doing. I still kind of watch the Cowboys see what they're doing because I have family members who root for those teams. But as a kid, you always have family members who like like those teams. So you're like, oh, what are they doing? But I was never uh, quote unquote claimed fandom except for the 49ers. Dude, mm-hmm. Joe Steve Young, so mm-hmm. awesome. I mean, uh, Tara Owens was great. Mm-hmm. Jerry, Jerry Rice. Rice. I mean, okay, mm-hmm. man, Please. I respect their history, Go on. but I can't claim their fandom anymore. I love the way you're like, oh, yeah, keep naming all those names. You're keep enjoying coming, that way keep too coming. much, man. Keep you're coming. sick, dude. You're sick. <laughs> I just, just want to let the record state. Of course. You know, I so will that, not uh, deny the fact that I was a 49er yeah. fan before LA had a team, and mm-hmm. I am such an LA homer. I don't care. I make no no. Such I don't care what a... anybody says. You know, you're an LA homer. Yes, you mm-hmm. can. Doesn't matter. Are you though? Are you though? Because <laughs> oh, you support a team in Carson, you support a team in Carson and not in LA. So move on now to MLS and talk about the Los Angeles Galaxy. Five-star winning team. Yes. Uh, They were in action against San Jose over the weekend. Should have been a win for for the Galaxy. On paper, it's like, oh, yeah, they should be able to take care of the, mind you, the two worst teams in MLS battling to stay out of the cellar. But it didn't work out too well for the Galaxy. At one point in the fourth minute, our star DP missed a wide open look at the net (laughs) and hit the freaking post. How bad do you got to be to be right in front of yards away? Who's your star DP again? Remind the uh, folks. Our our star DP, the one we acquired uh, from Spain. Um, From Spain? (laughs) The one from Spain. He's from Mexico. We, We acquired him from Sevilla. Recently, yes. I, I'm not going to uh, go into other stuff about our star DP that we spent millions and millions of the, our biggest signing ever, biggest signing ever. And since paying dividends a lot for uh, Bud Light Seltzer <laughs> and <laughs> I wanted to say it was like 10 yards away from the goal line and he hit the freaking post. It was like I was playing a pickup game at goals over here in Southgate. And then luckily the boy, Sebastian Legette saved him and got the rebound. So they were at least up one to nothing, four minutes into the game. It's like, okay, the galaxy are going to write the ship. They're going to take these two points, but nothing creatively offensively from these guys, man. It was disappointing. David Bingham had some great saves and kept them in the game and kept it respectable. And that's why it was only a two, one loss instead of what, you know, could have been a four, one loss. Ah, man, this both goals, by the way, were to the blame. (laughs) Both goals were pretty much blamed on Roth Felcher. Uh, um, What is he, the left back there, Donald? Yeah, right back. Right back. No, left back. I think you're right. Yeah, Yeah. left back. 
Yeah, it's, um, it's never it's never good when in the text chain you guys are shouting Bingham's name like multiple times, and I'm I'm over here like I'm like, what's going on here? Why do they How keep shouting the their goalkeeper? Going? It's like, oh, that was comedy, and of course, naturally, as soon as uh, San Jose scored, I had to respond with Bingham. <laughs> Tell you the biggest heel in all. Of I hadn't even I wasn't even you. watching the game. I just saw the score. And I was like, how come I didn't get a Bingham alert when San Jose score? <laughs> did, I, did I mute my Bingham alerts? What's going on? Yeah. Oh man, but it was a it was a embarrassing, uh, tough two to one loss. And I gotta say, uh, San Jose has fans parked outside of their stadium and honking their horns during the game, which is a funny aspect because I mean, on the surface, it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. I wonder if I would do that, like for you know the Galaxy. I actually probably would because I'm such a dork. Obviously, going to Zoom tailgate games. Zoom twenty eight. So. <laughs> That's right. The Zoom for the Zoom twenty eight, um, but it's funny because all you could do is honk the horn, and that's all they're doing. It's like, but something good happens, you honk the horn. But when something bad happens, you also honk the horn. So it's kind of hard to. Are you booing or cheering at some point? For San it's, Jose, uh, yeah. who knows these days, man? Exactly right. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of odd. Uh, Donald, what were your thoughts on this Galaxy match against San Jose? Um, I felt like it was it was pretty much the same match. Uh, from the p- previous two, um, not just because of the outcome, it's just a playing on the field. It just looks the same to me. Like there's nothing being done. Um, I feel like for as much as I know, Pablo is our best player. The thing is, like he's not the guy that can carry the team and and lead them to a win. Um, I think this is why with Zlatan it worked out with him because he is more of an assist guy. He's like the Derek Fisher. Yeah, he's a know? complimentary and- piece. Yeah, and that I think that's the reason why the whole like uh, the loan buyout thing is such a question mark because you know you want to pay for somebody if you're gonna buy out someone you want to buy out someone that's really gonna give you wins and kind of be able to carry the team and everything but you know that's not what he does it's not like what he's there for um, so I mean the thing is like that there needs to be some like I think offensively the, on the wings like it's good that he's on one side but they definitely need to figure out the other side of the wing um because it seems I mean I know they're gonna put Chicharito up front like he's gonna be the lone striker and that's what they want him to do to be like the the goal scorer which is fine but I mean it seems like you need to have two wings that are really good and consistent when you only have one then it definitely hurts and um, it shows so um I think they need to figure out that on in terms of finding out another wing. Um, I was watching a couple of Chicharito uh, videos on YouTube actually from the Mexico <laughs> days just to see like what, what like what was the transition. But you know what? Like you realize like yeah, when you have like a like a Vela when on you're one playing side with world and class like, players, yeah, you, yeah, you put like a Chucky Lozano on the other side, then yeah, you know it it helps. But uh, a little um, bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And uh, I think that's what he is. Or even Raul Jimenez, I think, is a wing, too, that, you know, would have been complimentary. Um, but uh, it seems like he's just, he just doesn't have that yet. Um, defensively, obviously, they've Galaxy have never really done anything to change the defense up. So um, they're doing their 
best, I guess you could say, but it's not enough. But off- offensively, just for the sake of making Chicharito look good, you definitely need to get at least uh, one right, right winger because by one plays left. Um, you need someone on the right side that can can kind of help out and clean up because if not, then you're going to have this weird thing where Sebastian Legette comes in and goes for some sort of save. And that's not really what Legette kind of is known for. I'm sure, I don't know, I'm sure that's not what he wants to do. So, um, yeah. But overall, I think it's just... I don't know. I think it's just kind of like wrap up the season and then figure out what you're going to do in the transfer Oh, window. he's throwing in the towel. Ding, oh, ding, 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 ding. Donald's already saying <laughs> enough. Yeah. <laughs> no mas. No mas. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully Yoni Gonzalez is a, a bit of a difference maker on the wing. He played, yeah, he came hopefully. in around the 15, he played about 15 minutes and obviously he's still training. He just got into the country from Colombia, from Brazil. He's a Colombian player, but it's, I mean, I, I'm almost like you, Donald, and you heard our obituaries last week, uh, Sonny, and you're laughing as, as we're, we're doing it. But it, you kind of almost do want to blow up this team, but there's still some games left. And you never know what could happen in this crazy MLS. And I I, I don't want to give up on this team. Oh, here we go. Really? What are you really in there? Well, we rope you in because we let you beat us during the regular season <laughs> and you guys get all oh, filled with let? pride and drunk and you can't even focus anymore. And it's like, and then this happens and it's just, it's like, it's like this little game now for us, LAOC fans. Like, you know what? It's more fun to let them beat us during the regular season and then see their team implode. <laughs> they are imploding. That this is, it's, and it's, it's like what we talked about before. Um, when our team loses, it's it's okay, but you want them to lose with some like style of play that's worth watching. Right. And they're not playing with any kind of style of play, any kind of you know um, strategy. There's nothing there. They're just out there running around, chasing the ball around. It's like at that point, you're just playing a pickup game against professionals and of course you're going to have a bad result this is just no strategy there and of course that has to fall on gbs and and i think he's got to go i think maybe uh uh the general manager has to go something needs to happen it needs to trickle on down there needs you can't get rid of all all the guys on the team you got to get rid of a lot of them but (laughs) you you got to do something man and as much as you want to the team is imploding, so you got to blow up the team now in the offseason. But still some games left to play. I don't want to be super negative about my Galaxy. But this is a part of the fandom, right? You got I'm here now as a newer Galaxy fan, Sonny, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm being tortured seeing this terrible, seeing a terrible play right now in the field. I'm earning my sixth star when we get it. Yeah. That's for sure. You're <laughs> technically your first star. So let's make that clear, okay? Mm-hmm. It's All right, like but it, it's, I, 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 franchise six, though. Yes, yes. I think I had more. I had. I think I had more. I was able to take part in their first four stars more than you were have been able so to. Let the record show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Former mm-hmm. Galaxy fan. No, I, I wouldn't say fan. Fan. Mm. I wouldn't say fan. Supporter. Um, no, not even supporter. <laughs> follower, follower in the sense mm. that I would keep up and follow with what the team was doing very closely. That's but it cool. wasn't I can respect that. Yeah, but it was never um, like I got to watch every single Galaxy game. I'm gonna root hard for them. It was always like, how's the team doing? Because this is the team that I f- grew up following when the when the sport 
was first new or introduced here to the States, even though I was already entrenched. Alex, and you and I have talked about this, you know, me being a Chivas fan, diehard, right. prior to MLS even existing. Um, but of course, then when MLS was born, Galaxy being the local team, uh, and then me going to one of their games at the Rose Bowl was was enough for me to, again, build um, a following for that team. Like somewhat, I dare I say, affection for that team Aww. because it had some oh, of my sweet it had some they 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 featured some of my favorite players of all time absolutely you know so um and then they just lost their way and i became disinterested and dis uh disenfranchised with them and fell mm-hmm. in love with the more and more i kept falling just deeper in love with the international game and right and when i was ready to come back there was a team on the field that I will talk about next. There was a team that was being sold to us that would replicate the international style of play and bring it Keyword to the MLS. Being sold to you. Sold being marketed and, to and you. An even bigger word or even more keyword, delivered. Now we haven't that had is true. we haven't had a title just yet. So that's the ultimate deliverance. Can you please refer to them as the starless club LAFC? The momentarily starless LAFC <laughs> is what I, like I will that. do for you. <laughs> um yes, so so that's just a short history lesson for all you <laughs> for all you fans out there who are just curious. Since since Alex did speak his truth about his 49er fandom that still burns red <laughs> Behind closed doors. It's red and gold. It's red and gold. Um, so I, I thought I would share my truth as to my path to LAFC through Galaxy. Um, there you go. So, but it Respect, was through Pasadena, man. not through Carson. Let the record stay. There we go. Okay. <laughs> you know, you went to some StubHub Center. Games. I did. I did. Yes. All right. Our previously um, Home Depot. That, right, it Home wasn't Depot called Center. StubHub. It was Home Depot back in the day. So that's right. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yes, LAFC. Sorry, LAFC. Man. Yeah, we uh, we got back in the win column with a nice three-one. Uh, technically, I think it was our first road victory of the season because we uh, traveled up to Utah to beat the uh, the racist Real. I mean, to beat Real Salt Lake. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we got three one. We got goals from Diego Rossi. We got goal a goal from Bradley Wright Phillips in the first half, and I think uh, Brian Rodriguez chipped in with a third goal later yeah. in the game. So it was a nice, it was a nice win. Um, good to be amongst the top five, v- jockeying for the top position in the West. I mean, we're still six points off of the top seed. Seattle's playing lights out right now, but. Um, Again, given the fact that we're missing our star DP player right now, uh, <laughs> who he is? who shall be named Carlos Vela, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it's I'm I'm glad to see the team still kind of uh, remain resilient despite. I mean, again, I, I mentioned having Atuesta back has made a huge difference. You know, those games where we were missing both Vela and Atuesta, really, you could tell the difference. So, um, with that said, though, uh, FIFA friendly calendars are popping up rearing rearing their ugly head and so the bittersweet part about that is congratulations to diego rossi for being called up to uh, international duty for uruguay for their uh 
World Cup qualifiers. Nice. But of course, that's awesome. Yeah, but the downside is, unfortunately, right. MLS doesn't take any stupid any FIFA breaks, which has always annoyed me. Uh, so the games will continue, and we have to play them without our international players. I think, I think K is also going to be playing for Canada in these FIFA friendlies. Um, so we're missing, you know, some of our attack. I don't know if Atuesta had been called by Colombia. I don't think so. But I know that Diego Rossi got called for Uruguay. So we'll see. We'll see how the team does. You know, again, already missing Vela, but now missing Diego Rossi. Arguably one of the top candidates for MVP of the year so far. Um, so it's going to be a tough, uh, tough loss to kind of overcome. But hopefully, hopefully the team can get some results in the next couple matches. Yeah, the Galaxy are sending Jonathan Dos Santos, our captain, over to Europe for some Mexico friendlies. Just yeah. friendlies, dude. So that's that's annoying. They have to though. Uh, they're FIFA FIFA mandated. Anytime they're FIFA mandated, they they have to go. That's part well, of the that's FIFA part gave of the uh, teams an out, saying if they had to quarantine for more than five days when they returned, they didn't have to send the players. Right. So yeah, I they think that's how that's how El Chucky uh, was able to not go because Napoli had. A breakout, I think, and so therefore, out of an abundance of caution, he is not traveling mm-hmm. uh, to go play those friendlies. But they're friendlies, dude. For a three, you don't. They don't need to. You don't have to go. They do, man. They do, and I'll tell you why. Again, the the national team, as it is, they don't get any sort of rhythm, right? Like they don't. Ah. They don't get to practice like your club team does. They literally right, have right. X amount of days that they get to prepare for the games that actually matter. And this is one of those games where the coach, in this case, Tata Martino, it's one of his yeah. only chances to see the players that he intends to field for the games that do matter and to see what they look like and to make adjustments from there. So they're absolutely important. I I don't get mad at, I get mad at the league of MLS that they don't, pause the league for the FIFA friendlies the way the rest of the world does um, when there's FIFA friendlies. So, but the, I don't get why the MLS doesn't just do the regular schedule like Europe. Yeah, that's a whole... It's, it's not like you're competing for the same time slot as Europe. Exactly. If you're watching EPL or Bundesliga or La Liga, you're watching them in the morning and then MLS games happen at night that's, for America. That's not so who they're afraid not, of competing with. They're afraid of competing with the NFL. And the um, NBA. That's who they're afraid of. Because if you put them on the same calendar cycle, they're competing here for Sunday morning football games because we all know MLS games are played Saturdays and Sundays. Um, college yeah. football, you know, is a big draw. And then the NBA takes over, basically takes the baton usually from the NFL come January or February yeah. all the way through their NBA finals yeah. run. So it's it's unfortunately the MLS, they don't have the balls to compete with those sports. But I feel like, People will still watch your, your your fan base will still follow. That's what I'm saying. Twenty five years in, yeah, it's still in the same place that it was. Yeah. it's not like I mean, if you're hoping to beat the NFL and the NBA, good luck. Right, you know, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> the fact of the matter is, you don't have that kind of strength. So just do you and us fans will just watch. I, agree. I mean, that's just you know, it's just easier. Sure. I don't know, and that that would solve the whole international break issue because it is annoying that they do these international breaks and every other league around the world in Europe and everything like takes the time off and yet the MLS has to figure out like how to get all these teams have to go and get all these like call up call up all these 
people from the USL and all these minor teams. It's not the same type of play. Yeah, anymore. and we're talking about pivotal games for some of these teams. So that's why yeah, that's exactly. why it's frustrating. Um, I, I've always hated it. Again, going back to my comment about becoming disenfranchised with the Galaxy, it wasn't just the Galaxy. It was disenfranchised with the MLS. Yeah. Um, and the way they were running soccer here in the States uh, as a fan was just frustrating where, where I just kind of threw my hands up like, all right, y'all need to get your shit together and then maybe <laughs> I'll come back. Um, so, yeah, they definitely have some some ways to go. I'm, my hope is that um, to wrap up this conversation, because this could be its own conversation <laughs> that we can dive into at some point. But my hope is that when the World Cup is gearing up to be held here in the U.S., that that's when... U.S. soccer capitalizes on the market and the audience that they'll have, and they get their shit right, and they say, okay, take us seriously now. Even though some people will just... You always get your World Cup fans that just fall off. They're always just interested in the World Cup. But um, hopefully there's enough of a groundswell at that point that they can ride that wave and say, all right, from now on, we are going to get on the same page as the rest of the international leagues. So I agree with you, Donald. Uh, But it's not there yet, so unfortunately we have to uh, live with stuff like this and... um, yeah, I mean, again, I don't blame the players for going to play with their international teams. I didn't really take that into account that they don't get to play, they don't get to train with each other, and these friendlies make make them. These friendlies do matter as far as the training goes. I I was being a little critical of you on being selfish and putting country over club, but no, I think you're right. I also thought you. Do you blame him for wanting to leave right now? <laughs> uh, but yes, right. I think I texted uh, Donald like, "Oh, look at Yona. Uh, Yona does not want anything to do with the galaxy." Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Donald was like, "Yeah, that's about right." Chicharito's probably like clamoring, "Please pick me so I can at least score a couple goals over there and be like, look, you see what I can do.'" <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. he'd be tired running to the phone. Uh, um, so. UFC also happened over the weekend. I was really excited to see uh, Irene Aldana take on Holly Holm. I was excited for that match. Holly Holm pulled off a Floyd Mayweather-style win, though. Not very exciting win five rounds, but Holly Holm was just that typical style kickboxer. Just combinations, throwing a kick, and back, and run away. Combinations, run away. So it wasn't exciting uh, as a casual fan to watch. Uh, but as a you know fan of the sport, I saw the tactic she was using, and because I was rooting against her, it pissed me off. But hey, man, that's a clean win, clean UFC win for Holly Holm. Way to go! And big NHL news, Donald. Do you want to share with the the West Box Score crowd what's going on in the NHL? Yeah, so the NHL draft happened today. Um, the LA Kings had the second overall pick. Um, they selected Quinton Byfield who is a center, 18 years old, 6'4", and it actually was a very history-making moment for the Kings and for the NHL as a whole as uh, he was selected as the highest-drafted black player ever. So that was huge. And I, you know, on top of, you know, seeing the analytics, like uh, hearing uh, a lot of um, a lot of people talk about it, a lot of the insiders and uh, and and analysts seeing here and all the analysts um, talking about how strong he is how quick he is how skilled he is I'm really excited and I know that overall for the Kings I think getting younger is only going to make them better um, it's it's time it's definitely time they need to build on some speed and a lot of 
a lot of comparisons already to Anze Kopitar, which he's going to learn underneath. Uh, second, he's probably going to be the second, maybe the third line starter to start off. Uh, don't know how much time he's going to actually spend in AHL over in Ontario, but he's almost NHL ready. Uh, 08 in Canada, uh, the Canadian League Rookie of the Year over there. 18 years, just turned 18 years old. If you insane, honestly, dude. he's still growing. He might yeah. gain a couple more inches on him. So it's just impressive to see the, the Kings doing this, not just for what it matters for sports, because it, Quentin Byfield even says he wants yeah. to be a role model to athletes of color and, and black athletes to take on to the NHL, know that the NHL is for everyone. So just from a social aspect in sports, this is definitely needed in the NHL right now. So I'm very excited that he's playing for our Los Angeles Kings. He's going to hopefully be productive on the ice as well, which is just going to make it more exciting. And he's got a lot of the analysts, as you were saying also, that he has superstar potential. So that's exciting. So get your Quentin Byfield jerseys ready. Number 55. Don't know if he's going to wear that with the Kings, though. So just keep an eye out for it. Uh, so as we're about to wrap up, let's look at the weekend games ahead. So obviously, game five is going on tonight as you're listening to this episode. Hopefully, there won't be a game six on Sunday. No need for it. And if hopefully game five does wrap up, keep refreshing your uh, podcast feeds. We might have a little surprise for you. A little bonus episode <laughs> we might drop on you guys. Just keep your eye out on our Instagram and our Twitters at WestBoxScore. MLB, hopefully the series is going to be wrapped up too. Dodgers in three. That's going to be done too, hopefully. Uh, that's possible. Doubt it though. I think we might have a four or five game series in that one. That's uh, that's where I'm leaning. Such Sonny, a you don't pessimist. Think so. Such a pessimist. I think I think Dodgers wrap this in. I'll give the Padres one maybe, but I think it's over in four. Donna, what do you think? Yeah, I think they'll they'll sweep it and just Ooh. move on to the NLCS. <laughs> Donald, Donald's got the brooms out for you guys over in Slam <laughs> Diego. Uh, Sunday, also, the uh, Rams take on the Washington football team, 10 a.m. on Fox. Uh, Rams are 3-1, and one, Washington football team 1-3. and three. So that should be a good positive game going into the big Sunday night Such football matchup. schedule, man. Are you softball. None, none, none of these games are gimme games, dude. NFL, any me? given Sunday, man. Anything could happen. I forget <laughs> that you guys get a third place a third place schedule the way the NFL works out their schedules every season. What what place did you guys come in in the NFC West? Yeah, they year? didn't make the post. I think, was it second? Did you guys get? No, it was no, third. No, you, you right, came third, in third. third. Yeah, third, yeah, yeah. It was third. Seahawks. It was us and then it was the Seahawks. And then it was you guys. So you guys got a third place schedule. So you played third place teams from last season. Oh, that Tampa Bay loss. That Tampa Bay loss and that Dallas Cowboys loss cost them. Don't the, forget uh, that Niner loss. I think on uh, Christmas That's, Eve or something like that. It yeah. was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the year. This is their year. They'll at oh, least make God. the postseason. Oh, they'll at least God. make the playoffs. They'll, they'll they're they're gonna beat. They'll go up over the 49ers for sure. And MLS. Uh, as you're listening to this, the Galaxy might have already beat the Portland Timbers. Want to bet? Want to bet? I can't even. I can't even <laughs> say that without laughing. Hey man, they're only three points out of the last playoff spot. I mean, as much as we're writing them off already, <laughs> want wanting them to. Uh, How many points to, are they out of last? <laughs> they are in. Okay. They, they hold that spot okay, very mightily. And then they take on on Saturday at 4.30 p.m. They take on the Colorado Rapids. Sonny, who are your LAFC taking on? 
LAFC. Oh boy, I I, I looked this up earlier. Oh, do, you want, do you want me to get him? What? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? What was it? It was. Uh, they play. Seattle they play the during Rapids the weekend. On, on, during there we the week. go. They play the Rapids on Wednesday, and they play Seattle on Sunday, correct? Seattle on yes. Sunday, man. That's right. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, and again, without Diego Rossi. So um, I'm hoping for a 1-1 split here. The best thing would be we get maybe four points. I'll even take two points. Two draws, fine. <laughs> but uh, but I, the I, I think we can pull off. I think we can pull off four points. I'm not going to say six, but I think we can pull out four. I'll be happy with three. Nice. Very uh, modest of you there. Just <laughs> realist. Just <laughs> realist. Nice. Uh, also, UFC on ESPN Plus. Mar- uh, Marlon Morales taking on uh, Corey Sandahagen is going to be a good one to check out there on ESPN Plus. Main, main card starts at five. But try to tune in early at 2 p.m. for the prelims. This fight is probably is the second fight slated. It's going to be on around 2.30 most likely. Tracy Cortez is worth checking out. She's a new up-and-coming MMA fighter. She's on a seven-fight win streak. She uh, got signed to the UFC back in two, last year because uh, she won a Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. An impressive showing there. She fights out of Phoenix, Arizona. Mexican-American. You know how I am about my Latino. Latino and Latina fighters in combat sports. I always root for them. So I'm rooting for her. Check her out. She should be worth, she's going to be fun to watch. Guys, anything else to add? Nah, man. Go Lakers. <laughs> yeah, go Lakers. Go Lakers. And- Hopefully, uh, We'll, we'll do that 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 bonus pod, man. I'm looking forward to that. If we if we're hoping, the Lakers that take we're care hoping. of business, I got we're my Tyler. I got my Tyler Hero scrawl right now. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, the Chargers are playing the Saints on Monday Night Football. I, I so. can't believe I was remiss. I'm so sorry, Donald. Drew You're Brees right. to haunt to haunt his former team for the last time in his career. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, Monday Night Football. You guys, your Chargers are going to be on the on the prime time stage, man. You guys will get that yeah, one. Yeah, at least at least that. Hey, got. Donald, don't let him disrespect <laughs> the Chargers. He he treats the Chargers like they're some second rate citizens no, out here. The way he not. talks I about the Rams, you. man. Get out of here. Heck no, We're man. on to you, Alex. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. I I told you during the Hard Knock series how that Rams, uh, uh, sorry, that Chargers training camp looked like a lot of fun, more fun so than the Rams uh, training camp, and they turned they turned me over. I'll tell you this much: we all know who has the best quarterback. And he and he ain't where he's he ain't he ain't playing for McVay. I'll say that much. All right. Yeah, after that 200 yard throwing performance, I think you're right. Uh, that's gonna do it for us this week. Thank you again to Sonny and Mondo for joining us. Check out his podcast, The Fox Crate Podcast, and follow him uh, on Instagram at the Fox Crate. Next week. No more NBA Finals because they'll be wrapped up by then. The NBA postseason <laughs> bubble is getting hotter. The NFL, MLS seasons are also going on. We're going to cover those. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WestBoxScore. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts downloaded. See ya. Adios. Later. <laughs>